Hey, it's Dan Walshman. Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations podcast. As you know, this is a special, 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 triple special editions of the Edgy Conversations podcast. We are in day three of our epically long and powerful interview with Jim Fortin, the one and only Jim Fortin. I sat down with Jim, was able to spend a bunch of time digging in to all the things that makes Jim powerful. We talked about the shocking way that things that, that people buy and the things that are inside their head influencing him. That was day one. Day two yesterday, you learned about energy and physics and cosmic law and how to bend the world to your will. It seems hokey, but it's real. Once you listen in, you know now what you've been doing wrong, what you can do to improve. And day three is, wow, it feels like each day gets better, doesn't it? Well, you're going to feel that way when you're done listening to today's episode too, because in today's episode, Jim Fortin reveals how to look at yourself at an identity level. What does that mean? You'll find out. If you don't identify with what you want, you'll never get there. We also cover habits, how to dismiss them, how to improve. That's a big, powerful statement right there. Dismissing bad habits, not trying to fight them, not trying to beat them, just dismissing them. Remember, 95% of everything you do is a habit. So you're going to learn the simple trick to changing it quickly. Without further ado, it's day three of the Jim Fortin interview. So the next step would be, which no one ever thinks about this, no one ever thinks about first off is, let me take a step back here. Um, we work, you know, you've got a fair amount of entrepreneurs and I work with selling professionals and entrepreneurs and selling professionals will say, you know what, my sales aren't where I need them to be. I'm going to start prospecting and lead generating. Pretty familiar scenario, yep, right? That's right. Dan, yep. I mean, build the top of the funnel. Yeah, exactly. I got I to gotta build my funnel. I got to get out there. I got to network. I got to lead generate. And they're all gung-ho come Monday and they do it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Friday, they're a little tired. Next week, they're back to their old patterns again. You've seen that before, Oh, it's right? all too common. Yes, indeed. All the time. Okay. Because people are trying to do something in terms of a behavior that's not consistent with the person that they are. So that's the identity. So if at the identity level, they're not a, let's say, a dedicated or a driven or a consistent or a committed person, no matter how much they try to go do something, they're not going to be able to do it with any sustainability because it's not consistent with who they are at the unconscious level. Guys, get this and we'll come back to the, to the question is you can only do what you are. Mm. You can only do what you are. And let's take that and make that real again. Smoking. I'm a non-smoker. Therefore, I do not do the behavior. If I was a smoker, I would do the behavior of smoking. I do what I am. So in business, if you're not actually really successful, it's because you're not that at the core identity level. But what if I so want it? Brought- what if I want it at, you know, what if I still want it? I say I'm not that, but I want it. Okay. Here's the thing. That's a great question. Thank you. Let's talk about left brain and right brain. And by the way, guys, we still have an open loop in the communication about how to change. We'll get there in a minute. Okay, so you're saying, so let me give you an example, Dan. You speak to a lot of audiences, and I've spoken to I don't know how many audiences as well. And you'll have somebody at the first of the year rolling around saying, let's write down your goals. And everybody will pull out pencil and paper and write down their goals, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yep. End of the year, 12 months later, what percentage of those goals do you think have been accomplished? (laughs) Very few, right? Or or someone (laughs) did it, like giving themselves low-hanging fruit, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So what happens here, guys, is that two sides of the brain, left-hand side of the brain, right-hand side of the brain, 
left-hand side of the brain is the analytical side of the brain. It's a part of you listening to me now saying, oh, this makes sense. The right-hand side of the brain is the seat of your unconscious mind. So let's say, for example, that you grew up poor and you grew up hearing, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, we don't have enough. And that's who you've been programmed to be. No matter how much you're listening to a motivational speaker or some leader or some guru in the company say, you can make a million a year. What you do is you're like, yeah, Bob did it. If Bob did it, I can do it. And so you're analyzing and saying you can do it. But again, every one of you will always revert back to the identity you hold for yourself, no matter what you analytically think that you want. Mm. This is why people all day long will set their goals for the homes, the cars, the Mercedes, the 401, the college, whatever, 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 and never get there because they're not that person. Wow. Does that make sense so far? It's powerful, man. It's powerful. I'm trying to just soak it in. I feel like as you're talking, uh, I'm just in my mind almost shutting my eyes and, and watching this like a movie, you know, trying to receive it because okay. it's so powerful. This is what we wrestle with on a daily basis. We know we need these things. We, and we look at ourselves. I mean, everyone in this group uh, who listens to this podcast, you know, a million plus people uh, on Facebook, you know, they, I didn't force them to sign up. I didn't ask them to sign up. They, they said, I want more for myself. Like I, I, I've achieved some bit of awesome, but I'm not where I want to be yet. And, and how do I improve? So you're, you're, you're giving us this, this powerful stuff. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. So let me give you an example here and then we'll tie it into some brain, some brain and psychology and stuff. One of my clients in Dallas, and she's very, even though she's well-known, she's a Dallas business icon. I mean, she's literally one of the most well-known people in high level Dallas business. She owns the second largest private real estate company in Texas. And she, even though what I was saying, what I was trying to say was, is she doesn't like to drop her name. Um, she's very, very, very private. And we were talking one day, I coached her for a couple of years, and she became my mentor, even though I was her coach. And we were driving back from her Fort Worth office one day. And these are very, very simple things people have heard before, but they really haven't put two and two together. So she said, you know what? She goes, the hardest million is, the, the first million is the hardest to make. After that, it's easy. Which told me right then and there is that once you become the kind of person to make a million, it's easy to make a million. Mm. That makes mm. sense, right? Yep, yep, yep. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this wrong, but Lao Tzu said something along the lines of, or Sun Tzu said something along the lines of, I'm going to mangle this, guys, but the defeated warrior goes to battle and tries to win. The victorious warrior first wins in their mind and goes to battle. Wow. So what everybody tries to do is they try to go out in the world and they try to do things, not recognizing if I'm not that person at my identity level, which is where the work really needs to be done then it doesn't matter what I do in the external world because it's not going to happen because I cannot sustain the behavior. Now, let me show you how the mind drives you. Everyone listening, Dan included, has there ever been a time, and this happened to me two nights ago, and I was just chuckling at it. Two nights ago, it's the week before you know New Year's. People are kind of taking things easy, but I've got a lot to do this week. And I'm like, I want a glass of wine tonight. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I've got a lot of work to do tonight. I've got a lot of stuff I have to write. And I had this little urge, this little nug to have a, a nudge to have a glass of wine. So let me, let me ask you, Dan, and everyone listening, if you had a nudge to have sweets or a glass of wine or something that you know you shouldn't do, but you've got the urge to do it. Oh, yeah, all, all the time. Uh, so uh, okay. uh, sometimes I just say, uh, I'll run more tomorrow. It's fine. Go do it. Okay. Okay. But get, perfect. Okay. But what I want everyone to notice here is my analytical brain was saying, dude, you've got to bang out the 16-page yeah. report for your new website that's going up. You've got all these videos. That's my analytical mind. But I had the pull from my subconscious mind saying, you know what? Part of your old behavior is to take it easy in the holidays, and it's the holiday, so therefore go grab a glass of wine. 
And it was interesting to watch the dialogue in my brain between my subconscious mind trying to drive my behavior as opposed to my analytical mind saying, no, don't do that. And that's what we call reptilian brain versus prefrontal cortex. And we have to go there because I want to explain that as well. But do you have any questions about that so yeah. far? Yeah. Did you have your glass of wine? I did. <laughs> I did Success. have. Because Success. I, I did because I've got a lot to do. And I actually, I pulled my calendar out and said, okay, how can I get everything got done I need to do this week? Now, guys, let me explain to you, every one of you, which was where we'll end our call today, whenever it's over with, we've got about 20 minutes left, is about habits. So we've talked a little bit about your subconscious mind. We've talked about your identity, which your identity, everything that you do will be driven from your identity. This is why you do things you don't want to do. This is why you procrastinate, you self-sabotage, you smoke, all these kind of things all come from everything you do. Everything comes from your identity. And even though you analytically might say, I don't want to do that, you're driven by your subconscious identity. Now, habits. All right, so let me slow down here, is that your habits, your daily habits are going to determine what your year looks like at the end of 2018. So what you're doing on a daily basis. Now, I mentioned earlier about, let's say, for example, some big book that says, here are the, here are the most, you know, the seven most effective habits or whatever were successful people. But let's say, for example, one of the first habits, which I talked about earlier, is you've got to be committed. But if you're not a person who can stay committed at the identity level, and most people can't, then no matter how much you want to demonstrate that success habit of commitment, you can't do it because you're not a committed person in your identity. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. Here's why, Dan, have you ever noticed, and everyone listening, have you ever noticed sometimes how hard it can be to break a bad habit? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it can be, uh, I mean, yeah, for a lot of people. Let me tell you why. And this is brain-based. This is not even psychological. It's brain-based. Okay, guys, three parts of the brain. The oldest part of the brain is called the reptilian part of the brain. The middle part of the brain is called the limbic system. It's called the mammalian brain. And the newest part of our brain, which has been around for, I don't know, 20,000, 30, I don't know how many years. So I should just shut up on that. But it's the newest part of the brain. It's It's in your forehead. It's called the prefrontal cortex. It's the thinking executive part of your brain, the analytical part of your brain. Here's what happens. Dan, have you ever said, I'm going to make this up. I'm not going to have any, I'm not going to have any cake. And then you get into don't have it, have it, don't have it, have it, don't have it, have it. Have you ever gotten into that habit battle? Oh before? yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's usually like, do I go running training today? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Or no. You know? Okay. All right. So here's how the brain works guys is we, um, habits are actually created and the brain, the older part of the brain actually stores and learns our habits. And the reason the brain learns habits is it can serve energy. Because let's say, for example, that you learned how to ride a bike. And we all did, most of us did when we were kids. Imagine how much work it would be if you had to learn to ride a bike every time you wanted to ride a bike. I mean, that'd be, that'd be huge, right? It'd consume your entire life. What if every time you got in the car, you had to relearn how to drive again? So the brain creates habits. But here's the thing, guys. Every habit that you have, whether you think it's a positive or negative habit. So let's say that, for example, you smoke. And you could be saying it, which is a habit. And let's say you smoke a pack a day and you have for 10 years. We can say that's a habit. However, the analytical part of the brain says you can't smoke anymore because, you you know, you're going to be a grandfather and you don't want smoke around your grandson. So now we've got one part of the brain analyzing and saying no longer do the habit. We've got the other part of the brain saying, but it's a habit and it happens automatically. Now, what happens is the analytical part comes from the prefrontal cortex, whereas the habit comes from the reptilian part of the brain. Now you have two parts of the brain arguing, smoke, don't smoke, smoke, don't smoke. Are you with me so far, Dan? Okay, here's what happens. Is 
emotions and urges will always win over thinking. Mm. Now, what I mean by that is let's say you have the urge to smoke. That becomes physiological in the body. But you have the analytical thought that I should not smoke. What will happen is then we, the parts of the brain, prefrontal cortex and the reptilian brain argue back and forth. And then what happens is the person analytically gives in and smokes. Why? Because the thinking part of the brain is not as strong as the emotional urge part of the brain, which is the oldest part of the brain. This is why it is so damn hard for people to break their bad habits is because they fight the habit. And the more you fight the habit, the harder it's going to be. So, and then on top of that, so do I then need to ratchet up the emotion around the change that would happen uh, if I could if I could actually convince myself to not do the bad habit? Is that is that the antidote? Actually, no. And I'm gonna we, we can tell people where they could find more information on the longer training on this um, at the end of our call today, end of our time. But here's what happens: is most people fight the habit, as I just said, mm-hmm. smoke, don't smoke, smoke, don't smoke. Then what happens is the habit becomes stronger. Why? Because the argument and the dialogue gets louder. And then what we do is we actually, oh, the hell with it. I'm just going to go ahead and smoke because I want to stop this dialogue. So I'm going to just go ahead and smoke. Then what happens, (sighs) people say they smoked a cigarette and they say I smoke because it reduces stress. No, what's just happened is you've started smoking. And when you made that decision, that in itself releases the tension of arguing not to smoke. So the worst thing that you can do is to fight a habit, which is what everybody does. Then people try to use what's called willpower. I'm going to yeah. will my power. I'm going to will. Yeah, that's right? where I struggle. That, that's, that's You and I talked about that. Yeah, that's where I struggle. Yeah. Now, have you ever noticed that when you use willpower, it becomes really emotionally and physically and mentally hard to stop doing very something? Very draining. Yes, absolutely. It's a very draining. And quite literally, guys, he said the word draining. That is true. Because the more willpower you try to use, we only have a fixed amount of willpower. And the more willpower you try to use, the more the brain has to work. And the more the brain has to work like a cell phone on your battery, the more that the battery comes down and you have less power, less charge in your battery. So what happens is most people fight themselves. And then what they do is is they get tired of the fight and they give in to the old habit. Here's what you have to do. And for those of you that are predominantly visual on this call, which 60% of you are, I'm going to uh, send you to a video you guys can watch where we go into more detail. I'm going to tell you guys, and Dan's never heard this story. Uh, Maybe he did with James Wedmore on that podcast, but I used to drink Diet Coke every day, and I did for a lot of years. And my analytical brain's like, you got to stop that crap. It's bad for you. But every day about one o'clock, I would rationalize and say, you know what? You need a Diet Coke because you've been traveling, you've been speaking. You don't drink coffee was my argument. Mm. You don't drink coffee. Therefore, you get caffeine and a Diet Coke, grab a Diet Coke. So that makes sense so far, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know what they put in that crap, but Diet Coke is addictive. I can just tell you <laughs> right is. now. I don't know what kind it of is. stuff. I, yeah. I don't know what they put in there. But the more I tried to quit uh, drinking Diet Coke, before I figured all this out, the more I tried to quit drinking Diet Coke, the more that I could not. And it just became like, don't drink, don't stop, don't get one, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, 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 drink. Now, here's what I learned is that when you ignore the reptilian part of the brain, when you actually, actually, let me repeat, let me, let me rephrase that, when you dismiss the reptilian part of the brain. Not ignore, and I said uh, ignore by accident. When you dismiss the reptilian part of the brain, the part of the brain that wants that habit Mm -hmm. to happen, and you dismiss it, and you metaphorically turn your back on it and plug your ears, the reptilian brain operates like a a screaming child. (laughs) And when you turn your back and plug your ears, it stops. It stops. And I I quit a 20-year-old Diet Coke habit that I had every single day, literally in one day with no cravings whatsoever. 
And people are going to say, well, that can work for you, but I smoke or this or that. What I want you guys to get is 95%. And we talked about that at the beginning of the call. 95% of everything that you do is a habit. Wow. And then what people do is they personalize their habit. So Dan, what happens to people when they say things like, I can't, I, I just, I can't stop drinking Diet Coke. Then what do they infer about themselves? Uh, that I'm, uh, I'm a loser. I'm, I can't, I'm not, you know, I'm not someone who has good willpower, right? I, I, I'm not meant for greatness. Whatever. The- exactly. Exactly. They'll infer that what they do is they personalize the habit and they'll say, you know what? Oh, I can't, I'm such, I have no willpower. I'm mm-hmm. weak. Notice what they've done now. I'm going to be very, I'm going to slow down here, guys. Habits are simply habits. Your brain does not distinguish between, the reptilian part of the brain does not distinguish between what we call good habits and bad habits. It simply does habits, whether you're doing cocaine or you're smoking cigarettes or you're eating sugar or you're working out every day or whatever it is. The reptilian part of the brain simply learns habits. Now, I'm going to come back to the story I just started. Let me go somewhere else first. Every habit that you have, your brain, the reptilian part of the brain, believes you need that habit because it's, it believes that, that habit is a survival mm-hmm. mechanism. It's needed for survival. So even though you smoke every day and it's a habit, the analytical part of the brain can say, you know what? That's a bad habit. Don't do it. It's going to kill you. But the reptilian part of the brain says, nope, that is a habit. And because it's my job as this part of the brain to keep habits alive, I'm going to keep you smoking because you need that smoking habit for survival. Wow. Does that make That's incredible. Yeah, this is... The, Okay, so here's what happens. So the more you try to break the bad habit of smoking, the brain, the reptilian brain says, uh-uh-uh, you're not going to break that habit of smoking because you need that habit because it's a survival mechanism and I'm going to make you smoke. And then it gives you urges to make you smoke and to remind you to smoke. And then if you actually, you, then if you fight the urge, the urge becomes stronger and now you give in and you go smoke. So let's go back to what I was saying and you ask yeah. how to break it. Okay, so what most people try to do, and this is going to, controversy is good in marketing, guys. We've got 10 minutes left, so let's bring it home with this. Controversy and contrarian positions are always good in marketing, and this is going to make a lot of people mad, but that's, I'm okay with that. Dan, do you know the, and I mentioned this maybe out at James Wedmore's, but do you know the success rate with Alcoholics Anonymous? No, I don't, no. I don't even want to guess, but I, I, it's scary. I don't know. Is it super low? It's oh. not big, okay. So, and I, I've read, I've read different, I did, I've read different research from the National Institute of Health, the Mayo Clinic. Here's what's what happens: those that get sober, and this is, I mean, our beliefs are crazy as human beings. Those that get sober will actually fight what I'm about to say, and then everyone else that has not gotten sober will say, "Okay, it makes a lot of sense to me." Here's what happens: there's a high failure rate at Alcoholics Anonymous, and the reason why is this: the program was designed years ago without understanding how the brain works. It was designed back in the 40s. I believe. So what they do, metaphorically speaking, is they say, okay, we're going to put alcoholism in your left hand and we're going to put sobriety in your right hand. Now, like a scale, like a scale of justice for your entire life, you have to look at your left hand and see alcoholism. And in your right hand, you have to see sobriety and you're going to manage these two for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's what yep, they yep, do. Yep. Right. Okay. Now let's go back to a five-year-old kid and you put them in front of a piece of cake. And you say, you know what? You can look at that cake all day long, but you can't have it. What does that five-year-old kid want? Oh, cake. Lots of cake. Extra cake. cake. (laughs) Exactly. So the way Alcoholics Anonymous does this, and they set people up for failure, and again, we're going to get some mail on this, and that's fine, because I'm just telling you science. 
is that Alcoholics Anonymous sets people up and puts them in the middle of a battle, have, don't have, have, don't have, don't have for a lifetime. And that's the reason so many people fail is because now, because they're thinking about the emotions and the urge of drinking, now what they do is they get in the habit battle of talking to themselves about it. Do not drink, do not drink, do not drink, which by the way, the unconscious mind cannot think of negatives. If I said, don't think of a pink elephant, first thing you think Mm, of is a pink elephant. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. So they say, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. All the unconscious mind hears is drink, 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 drink. Now, you've got one side of the brain saying, don't drink, one side of the brain saying, drink, and it's a habit battle, and then people actually give in to the habit battle because they lose to the urges and the emotions of the reptilian part of the brain. Now, how to solve all this? Okay, so what people try to do in a situation like that is they try to ignore the urge. So if you're any, all of you listening, and Dan, have you ever tried to ignore the urge to, oh, to have absolutely. something or do yeah, something? Absolutely. Like, okay. What happens the more you it try just to ignore the urge? It becomes bigger and like a, bigger and more powerful. It's a monster, right? It's it's like yeah, have the cigarette or have the cake or whatever. Here's here's what you have to do. Everyone tries to ignore and then fights it. That is the surest way to lose to any bad habit. What you want to do, and this takes a little practice, but it's really pretty simple. What you want to do is you want to dismiss Dismiss. the habit. What? What? Come on. Is that not a fist bump episode right there? There is so much content. Imagine if I'd given you this entire podcast in one hour long segment. Your mind would be blown. Like, we're the mind-blowing prevention society people over here. I don't even know. That sounded ridiculous. But you get the point of what I'm saying, right? Just that episode alone. Oh my goodness, dismissing bad habits. How many of you have thought about doing that before? Have you? It is incredible, this sort of thinking. Now, some of you, this is might sound extreme. It might sound radical. But after you spent 20 years studying with monks, you learn that the stuff that some people, most people call crazy is probably not all that crazy at all. By the way, do you know what's not crazy? What's not crazy is you downloading the January calendar of awesomeness. I'll tell you again, it's awesome.danwaldschmidt.com slash January. It'll also be in the show notes. Go grab it. I mean, come on, people. Like, this is the calendar built for high performers by high performers. It's completely free. No strings attached. We just want you to be awesome. We want you to live an epic life. Go grab the January calendar. And guess what? Guess what? We've got more Jim Fortin coming back. Don't miss day four of our interview. It's sure to blow, blow your mind.